Welcome to the Life Point Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Jennifer McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. And so, you know, we've been in this series called Running with the Giants that is based around this theme verse, Hebrews 12:1, that says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let me pray for us real quick. God, thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for the privilege it is to get to be in your presence with your people. So God, I just ask that you would speak through me today, God, that your word that is sharper than any two-edged sword, that it would come clearly out of my mouth, that your words would be my words, and God, that you would just touch and draw hearts to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, so as this series, we've been talking about some, you know, ordinary people that trusted God and did some extraordinary things. You know, the whole um, Hebrews 11 that comes before Hebrews 12 talks about all of these people and they did these amazing things simply because they trusted and they had faith. They did impossible things with him. And you know, life has been a lot for many of us the past couple of years. And you know, this word of God right here, this Bible, you know, it is to draw us, it is to convict us, it's to draw us to him, but it's also to encourage us. It's to encourage us so that we can run our race on this earth with perseverance. And so that is what this series has been about, that we would look at these giants of the faith. And if they were to come down out of the stands and look at us, they would say, Alyssa, I've got something I want to tell you today. And this is going to encourage you as you run your race. And so today, we're going to talk about Mary, the mother of Jesus. What a great woman, right? I think one of the things that, you know, Mary's life could probably teach us many things. Um, What an amazing miracle that happened in her life and the faith that she just trusted. But one of the things I wanted to pull out is just this concept of not missing out on moments with God. That we would be so in tune, we'd be so connected, we would be so cognizant that there is this very real God that wants to connect with us, that he wants to meet us, he wants to do things in our lives, and I don't want to miss it, and I don't want you to miss it either. You know, if we were to look at her life I think the first thing that she would tell us, and so if you're a note taker, write this down. And if you're not a note taker, write this down. I think the first thing that she would say to us is that God moments can seem unbelievable. You know, there might be times that God shows up in your life and he asks you to do something. Maybe he's shown up in your life since you've started coming to this church and He's asked you to start living a life of righteousness. And you're like, I don't know how to do that. That doesn't fit in my mind. I don't understand. Or maybe he's promised you something, but you've had disappointment after disappointment and you've had failure after failure. And so your mind says, I don't understand that. Mary would tell us something about that. And Luke 1, 30 through 34 
This is where the angel comes along to Mary and she says, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. You know, she's really confused. And I'm sure if you put yourself in her shoes, you would be confused too. She's like, okay, that's really amazing. Um, but you see, there's this problem. I've never been with a man. And so how is that going to happen? And she's really, honestly, like, if you were in her shoes, you would be confused too. And we're like this too. Again, sometimes God shows up in our lives and he speaks something to us and he says something in our lives and we're like, but wait a minute. Don't you know about this that happened in my life? And I know you've said that you've got plans for me, but you don't know about all the things that I've done. And we try to fit God in our minds. We try to fit God into this. And let me tell you something, knowledge is good. I'm so thankful that we live in an age where knowledge has expounded. We get to have iPads. I get to preach from an iPad. We get to have cell phones. Like I'm so thankful for knowledge. God made our minds to grow in knowledge. And so that's good. But the problem is, Often, and because we have so much knowledge surrounding us, we use our knowledge to answer things. And when God shows up and he wants to do something cool and he wants to show up and do something miraculous, we try to fit it in our knowledge. And God fits outside of our knowledge. And I don't want to serve a God that fits in my brain. That's a small God. And often God shows up and he says, I want to do this, but we'll say, but I have to understand before I can obey. Like, I need you to show me chapter and verse. I need you to write it out for me. I need you to give me the full page explanation when really God doesn't work like that because he's bigger than our understanding. He's bigger than our knowledge. He's a miracle working God. Like a God who legitimately does things that are beyond our comprehension. And we know that, you know, Sean and I know this on a personal level. You've heard our story about Samuel. He's an actual miracle. You know, miracles, they still happen today. And miracles can happen when our willingness to trust God intersects with God's plan. And you know, many of you probably are out there saying, but I've trusted God and I, um, and I believed, but it still didn't work out the way I wanted it to. And I, I knew that there was this big God. And, and I will tell you this, I don't know the answers to everything. And I know personally that there's things that I've believed for and that I've trusted for and they didn't work out. But what I can tell you is there was a moment There was a moment when I had went to a doctor and they had told me that 
my body worked like a woman in menopause and that it was going to probably be impossible for me to have a child. That you could try and there's some things that we could do, but most likely it's not going to happen. And a couple days later, we received this prophecy that Samuel would come into our lives and that we would have this child and that he would bring joy into our home and all of these wonderful things. But we had to be willing to trust God. And it was in that moment when we trusted him and that our faith in God intersected with what God's plan was a living miracle walks with us every day. I have a sermon someday I've been working on ever since he was born, though, about how miracles can test your faith, too. So a miracle you prayed for and you prayed for, and then you get that miracle and you're like, oh, God, what do I do? You know, but it's all about our, our willingness to trust. And to trust and know that God has a plan. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to know all the answers. Your job is to trust him. You know, in the book of Mark, Jesus was telling this parable about the rich young man. And basically he walked away from Jesus because it was too hard for him to give up all of his possessions. And then Jesus tells the disciples, you know, it's gonna be really hard for someone like this to enter the kingdom of heaven. And then the disciples, they're incredulous. They're basically saying, well, then how can anyone? They say, how can anyone enter the kingdom of heaven? But Jesus says this in Mark 10, 27. Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. And so I just want you to know, and I think Mary would show up today if she were standing here next to me, and she would say, God wants to show up in your life and he wants to do things that often seem impossible. And I want each and every one of you to be able to walk through your life and say, wow, that happened and that only happened because God. The second thing I think Mary would tell us is that when God moments come, when they show up, that you would just say yes. You see, Mary had this pretty amazing thing that the angel had just spoken to her. And he says, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and you're going to bear a son. And he's going to be just like this kingdom of heaven is going to be ushered in. And even though she doesn't know why or how, she doesn't understand. She can't fit it into her knowledge. In verse 38, she says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. You see, she didn't know at this point how it was going to happen. She didn't have the answers. She didn't know like how, okay, I get it. You say the Holy Spirit's gonna come upon me. And this story is amazing. It's exciting. Like God is proclaiming this miracle over her life, but I'm sure there was some fear that came up in her heart. And God has maybe called you to do something. Maybe he's spoken something in your life but you've had some fear come up and he's asked you to do something and your yes is like, I don't know if I can say yes because I've had this happen and, and this is also happening. You can't, God, don't you know? Like it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And it's in these moments that God shows up that our hope, that our hope in him, it has to weigh more than our questions. It's in these moments that Mary, she had, honestly, she lived in a society. We, 
we see what happens with her and Joseph, but we don't see what might've happened with her parents or her family. You see, she lived in a time where a woman, honestly, that was out of line with what she was supposed to do could be killed. She could have been stoned. She could have been persecuted for this thing that God had spoken, that God was initiating in her life. But we have to know that she had hope in him that she had hope in the word that the Lord had spoken to her and that hope, it weighed more than all the questions. It weighed more than the fear of the persecution that she might face. It weighed more that the hope that she had in him, that it bore weight. And I've been having this conversation with a lot of people lately. There's a lot of questions in our world. A lot of questions about why is this happening and Uh, I don't understand why this happened in my life and I don't know how I can serve God anymore because this happened and I don't know how I can fit God into my knowledge because I don't understand a God that is good. How could this happen? And the reality is I don't have the answers to that. But what I can tell you is in the face of horrible things that are happening and my mom who is sick, I can look and know that I know that I know that I know that I know that God is real. And let me tell you why, because I have encountered the presence of the living God in a personal and an intimate way. And that connection with the Holy Spirit and with who he is has caused this hope in him, this hope in God to bear weight. Like it is heavy. Like it doesn't matter what throws against me because I have encountered God and that encounter with him has caused my hope to weigh more than any question that could come in my life. You know, there's this other story in the gospels where Jesus is on his way to heal Jairus's daughter, a synagogue leader. And on their way there, Jesus is stopped by this woman that has had an issue of blood for 12 years. And so she catches his attention and and he's on his way to heal this girl. And I'm sure Jarius, this father, is probably a little antsy. He's probably like, this is cool, Jesus. Like, thanks for healing this person. But don't you know my 12-year-old daughter? Isn't that interesting? This woman had an issue of blood for 12 years and the daughter was 12 years old. But she says... I'm sure Jairus was like, I mean, that's cool, but my daughter, you know, did you forget about her? And while Jesus is still speaking, so he is literally finishing up this healing that he heals this woman. Some people from Jairus's household, they show up and basically they're like, hey, Jairus, it's too late. But we know a God in his kingdom, it's never too late. You see in Mark 35 through 36, it says, while Jesus was still speaking, Some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? And overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. You see, Jesus, he went on and he healed Jairus. He shows up on the scene and everybody's mourning. And he says, why are you weeping? She's just sleeping. Like, get off your bottoms. Like, what's your deal? And he goes in and he grabs her hand and she gets up and she's alive. But in the moment when these people show up and these naysayers show up, Jarius doesn't know that. 
And Jesus just simply looks at him and he says, don't be afraid, just believe. And I really, 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 really feel strongly in my spirit. There's someone here today that needs to know that you don't have to be afraid. You just need to believe that no matter what it is that's come up, whether it's something that God has spoken to you, that he's promised you, that there's maybe something that has happened and you're afraid and you're fearful, that if you would just not be afraid and you would just believe. In fact, in this moment, if you're comfortable, I'd just like to really quickly speak over you. So if you'd close your eyes real quick, if you're comfortable. God, in this moment, I just pray right now that anyone in here that has fear, fear that's not from you, we speak against it right now. And Lord, we just pray that the peace that comes from you would wash over this room and that someone would walk out of here with the fear released and belief would be expounded. But that's our job. It's our job to just believe, even when we don't have the answers. And I think Mary would tell us, like, your yes doesn't have to have all the answers. That your yes doesn't have to line up with here's the four-page plan of how it's going to happen. Your yes lines up just because you believe and you trust. And I think Mary, as she would share these things about God moments that they will show up and they're unbelievable and and that we just need to say yes, that she would also say, not only do you need to know about God moments, but you need to seek out some God moments. That you don't need to just like skirt through life, just happening and hoping they'll expect they'll show up. But no, you need to seek out a moment with the presence of the living God. Now, those moments that we seek out, those moments would be the things that would give us faith to believe. And the first thing that I think she might say to us is to stay connected to God and his presence, that we would stay so close to him, that we would stay so connected to his presence that when things happen and when fear shows up, that we can just say, pew, Just like, mm, out of my way. Mm, get out of here, fear. What's that song? Fear something? Isn't there a song that does that or something? I don't know. Tony's with me. He's got it. Yeah, it's there. Yeah, it's something. But, but, But we would be so close to him that we would push aside the things that cause us fear. And let me tell you one little simple way to do that. Now, there's a million ways that we could talk about how to get connected to the presence of God. But here's a really, really, really simple way. And we can all do it no matter how old you are, no matter what you look like, no matter where you came from. It's to worship. That we would shut out the world. We would shut out distractions and we would worship him. That in the carpool pickup line, when the person cuts you off, that you would say, Jesus, I'm connected to you in this moment. That in your home, that your family would see you, that they would see you worship, that while you're sitting at your desk, that you have some employees and they'd walk in and they'd catch you worshiping. How cool would that be? Somebody walked in and caught you worshiping the presence of the living God. You know, in Luke 2, 16 through 19, it's the Christmas story and So so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. 
When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. You know, Mary, whew, like she just gave birth to this baby in a cave. I've been there before. It's not the sweet little manger that they talk about. It's a cave. It's dark. It's damp. There were animals. It was stinky. She was probably exhausted. And all these other people are out like, whoa, Jesus is here. He came, Jesus. And she's treasuring those things in her heart and she's pondering him. And I think if she were to come down today and look at us, she'd say, when was the last time that you stopped? When was the last time that you slowed down and pondered the presence of God? Like, when was the last time you sat and thought about his faithfulness? We say that, it's fun to sing, but really, literally, when was the last time you sat still and pondered the presence of God? Let me give you a, I like to give you little practical things. Let me give you something. Sean found this thing on YouTube. It's by William Augusto. Is that his name, right? William Augusto. It's called Soaking in His Presence. You can put on a 10-hour playlist on YouTube of literal just like calming, peaceful worship music. And so the next time you feel like, I need to, I need to ponder him a little bit. I need to connect to him. Put on some worship music. Sit and be still. Now, I don't care if your husband or your wife is screaming at you or your child is like, mommy, I need a snack. Just be still in his presence. And as if we're connected to him and his presence, that's when we can do things of spiritual significance. You see, in John 15, Jesus tells us if we actually, if we're not close to him and we're not connected to him, we actually can't do anything. Like we can't do anything of spiritual significance. I love how it says in the message version, I am the vine and you are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. And so our life, this life that God has called us to, it is better when we're connected to the vine and we don't have to beg for it. There's not some magical formula. Psalm 139, seven through 12 says this, where shall I go from your spirit or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to the heaven, you are there. If I make my bed and shield, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day for darkness is as light with you. His presence is always with us. We just have to open our hard eyes and see it. We just have to be attuned to him and his presence. And so I think she would tell us, that we've got to stay connected to him. And then she would tell us to stay connected to people who encourage you and promote God's presence. You see, what did Mary do when she first received this news? This miracle was gonna happen in her life. She left her hometown <laughs> and she went and saw her cousin Elizabeth. 
And in Luke 1:42, we see her saying in a loud voice, this is Elizabeth. She exclaimed, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. And then in verse 45, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. It's as if Mary could tell us to not surround yourself from people who are gonna pull you from the presence of God, that are gonna pull you from those things that God has prophesied. See, what was the first thing that Elizabeth said? The angel had came and told her she was gonna bear a son. And then Elizabeth says, blessed is the woman who will do this. And so that's why small groups are important. It's not just like something fun that we do at this church because it's cool. No, it's because it matters. It matters to be surrounded by people who are going to connect you to the presence of God and who are going to encourage you. I love my small group. This group of women that meets before the sun rises and people can be coming in and with a hard day, life gets spoken over them and healing happens. Healing happened in our small group a few weeks ago. If healing isn't happening in your small groups, you need to start asking God to show up. And I'm just kidding, but, but really, that is why small groups matter because we have to be connected to people who are going to encourage us, who aren't going to push us from the presence of God, but that are going to pull us in to the presence of God. And this is why Sundays matter. This is why it matters that we gather together. It is not just something like, oh, it's so fun to get up at five in the morning and set everything up. No, it matters because when we're together, when we corporately worship God and your faith is low, someone else can help pull you up. And when you're feeling weak and all the questions that you have have been weighing you down, the person next to you can say, hey, I got you. Can I pray for you? that's why it matters. It matters. In Hebrews 10, it's the writer is encouraging this reader to this call of faith and endurance. And he says in verses 23 through 25, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us, let's consider how to stir up one another to love and good works not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. You see, the writer had this divine knowing that we would need each other. We would need to be connected with people who are going to connect us to the presence of God, that we would need good, godly friends. Now let's go to one of the last places where we see Mary in Scripture. And it's written in John 19 at the foot of the cross where her son is being crucified. John 19, 24 through 27, it says, While the soldiers were looking after themselves, Jesus' mother, his aunt, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene stood at the foot of the cross. And Jesus saw his mother and the disciple he loved, which we know that that uh, is John. So... Isn't that fun? He called himself the disciple. He loved Jesus. Uh, John, this, he loved standing near her. He said to his mother, woman, here is your son. And then to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that moment, the disciple accepted her as 
his own mother. You know, Jesus made a few statements on the cross and this is one of them. And it's as if it, he is saying, Mary, um, this relationship that we had, this mother-son earthly relationship, it has to end because I'm going to do something greater now. I'm going to the cross and I'm gonna do this hard thing because that's what God the Father has called me to. And then I'm gonna resurrect and I'm gonna go sit with him. And so this earthly mother-son relationship, it, it can't go anymore. So, so here's your new son, this is John. Love him and John, this is your mother, take care of her. And man, as a mom of a son whom I love, that rips my heart out. Like, I don't know how you get past that. Like, I don't know how you go on from that. And maybe you've had moments and things that have happened and you're like, I don't know how to get past this. Like the thing that I felt like I was called to, it was ripped away from me. This very thing that God had initiated in Mary's life that she was gonna bear this son and she was gonna raise him, the son that she spent, I'm sure, hours worrying over and praying for, that was gone, it was done. It was no longer the same. And maybe you've had that in your life too. There's been something that has been ripped out of your heart and you like, I don't know how. I don't know how to get on. I don't know how to go past this. And I think if Mary were to come down today and look at us, she would say, let me tell you how. It's because I was connected to the bigger picture. That I knew that this son that had been promised to me, that his whole purpose was to die, that he'd came so that you and I could all have everlasting life. And because I know this, and because I know that there's something bigger, I don't have to lose my faith. And I don't have to say, I don't believe in God anymore. How could a God that's good do this? She was connected to a bigger picture. And guys, if we miss the fact that this thing that we do called life, if we think that's all there is, going to actually be really difficult for our lives because it is not only, yes, God did come so that we could have life and life to the full. We believe that. We believe that as a church. But the reason why we're all here, the reason why you and I are here is to fulfill a purpose. And that purpose is to be fulfilled with the Holy Spirit and to proclaim the gospel and to live this full life while we're here, but it's to populate heaven. And so when we have a understanding of what this bigger picture is, that it's not just about, well, I stubbed my toe today and so the world's gonna crash around me. And I get it, I've had really bad things happen to my life and I know there's a lot of you that are facing some really hard things. And it's hard when your questions seem to be the thing that drives your life. But when you're connected to the bigger picture, when you're connected to the presence of God and when you seek out moments with Him and you understand that life is not just about this right here, you're gonna have the power to make it through. And so I think Mary would just tell us this would be her word of encouragement, that we would seek out moments with God, that we would know that sometimes they're impossible, but even if they're impossible, we would just say yes. We would connect to His presence and 
we would surround ourselves with people that are going to encourage us. But, but beyond all that, we would just understand that our life has more, 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 more meaning than just the here and now. And so if you're here today and maybe you're struggling with that, I'm gonna pray for you here in a minute, but I also wanna give an opportunity if there's any of you in here today that feel like you've never placed your faith in Jesus, that you've never had the opportunity to really just say, okay, God, I, I trust you and I believe you and, and you're not even able to walk through all of this. You can't connect to him if you ha don't have a relationship. I wanna just take a moment and pray for you. So if every head would bow and every eye would close, that's you in here today and you feel like you've never placed your faith in Jesus, just ask that you would raise your hand, that you just be bold and say, God, I want you. And if you're in here today and you're struggling, you feel like you've got a million questions. The questions are all that you can see. I want to pray for you right now. If you'll just, if that's you, would you just lift your hand so I can know who I'm praying with? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. God, we just, we thank you that, that you're a sovereign God who's faithful. Lord, I thank you that you loved us so much that you sent your son to die for us so that we could have everlasting life. But you didn't just stop there. <laughs> that you said that we would need something, that we would need a helper. And so you sent your Holy Spirit to be here with us. And we are so thankful. So Holy Spirit, we ask right now, that the people in this room that raise their hands, that are struggling, that have questions that just seem to abound, questions, maybe even questions about you and your character, God. Holy Spirit, I pray right now that your peace and your presence would wash over their hearts and their minds and that as they connect to you, that there would just be just like this hope that I keep seeing this really just heavy weight and not a burdensome weight, but a weight that keeps us grounded, like gravity, you know, that gravity keeps us to where we can walk and we don't float in the air. And Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that, that the Holy Spirit would ground some people in this room right now. And that the questions that they don't go away. And I know that and I have questions, but Lord, I pray that our hope in you would weigh more than those questions. And that as we take every step that we would be grounded in you and your presence and who you are. And so Holy Spirit, we just need you. I pray that you would help us to encounter you God, I just pray that this church would be a church of people who are filled up with your spirit. That God, when we walk through this city, that we would be 
not only overflowing with the fruits of the Spirit, but when people bump into us, they feel something different. And that would be you, God. And so we just thank you today. We thank you, God, for for who you are and what you're doing in this group and in this people. And God, it's in your precious name we pray, the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text LCLOU to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.